portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Keith. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Let's go. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, I wanted to say this in the tease, and I didn't get a chance. So I'll say it now. Yeah? Starting right now. Okay. This hour. Yes. We are giving away oh. a four-pack of Dodger tickets oh. for Wednesday's game. Son of a gun. Every hour. I think that uh, Tim Cates has some, too, for the pregame show. Is that correct, Kevin? All the shows do, Fred. We have a pair every, every hour. hour. Every hour. PMS has a pair every hour. I believe Cates has a pair, and I believe Vasse has a pair for Dodger Talk tonight. But did you talk to Dave Weiss? Because I think ours are better. I think I, ours are better seats. I, I was not informed of that by from Dave Weiss, but it could be possible, Fred. I don't know. Okay. So every so hour. We're giving, every hour we're giving a four-pack, you said? Or four pack. tickets? Four-pack. Four pack. To which game? Uh, Wednesday's game. Wednesday. Dodgers Diamondbacks. Want to give feeling you, you. Thank you. We want to give you a day to get ready, get set. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Fred? It's tomorrow's game. All right, we're giving them to tomorrow's oh, game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we don't want to give you that much time to get ready. No. You better be ready because we're giving away oh. a four-pack of tickets every hour starting this hour to tomorrow's game. Not right now, though. I see people calling already. Not this very moment. We're not doing it now. Yes. But we will be Fred. doing it this hour. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Fred, I think you should get the copy first before you blurt <laughs> stuff out of exactly what we're doing. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, Rodney. The copy does say tomorrow night's game. Oh, right. my goodness. So, Kevin, just quickly, what are we doing? What are We We are giving away a four-pack of tickets to tomorrow night's game every hour today. Done. I'm glad we cleared that up. Rodney, you didn't have to make things so confusing right off oh the top. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. My bad. You know what My bad. No, I'll not, stop it. It's not your bad. My mistake. I'm so proud of you. Good job. All right. I have something about that. <laughs> Share with you <laughs> the opening flip, opening coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> my mistake. My mistake. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I can see you're getting ready for I Eric. Was, I was getting, I was gonna keep that quiet, Brad. You, you I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, My mistake. Man. All right. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's just get to it. Do you want me to talk about what happened last night? I don't think you saw it, but some people thought there was a conspiracy. And it was pretty bad. Okay. So we're going to get into the conspiracy first. I like to get the bad out of the way so we can finish on a happy high note. So let's go. All right. Here's the conspiracy. Look, you were at the game, USC game, on Saturday. It was an embarrassment. And we'll, I, I want your thoughts in a second. Anyway, we had the season premiere of the challenge last night. Mm-hmm. And I think you know where Petros 
lands when it comes to USC football. Yes. You know, he, he is... Well, USC in general. Well, he's either blatantly honest or an enormous critic. And you get yes. to pick. Fair? Fair. Yes. So we start talking about USC football last night. He drives the knife in, as you, as you would say. Okay. He twists it. He doesn't put it in. He just twists it. Right, he does it, what he's got to do. And there's an opportunity. He does what he's got to do. Yeah. So we start talking about USC football last night. Kevin, you were fortunate enough to witness this. I did, yes. Okay. We start talking about it, and I think he's doing a pretty good job of laying out his thoughts and making a point about the overall Trojan football program. He's probably gone now, now for about 20 seconds. Yeah, about 20, 40 seconds, something like that. Okay, and he's doing a good job, Rodney. Now, agree yeah. or disagree, he's doing a good job. And at about 20 to 40 seconds in, all of a sudden, if you're watching at home, and we heard it in our, our earphones, but we didn't realize it was on the air. You heard this. Now we're hearing this in our earphone. Petros is talking. And you guys are hearing this. We're hearing it, but we're thinking there's no way that can be on the air. Right. But it was on the air. Oh, it was on the air. It went on for a minute. We timed it. For at least a minute. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Now you go, God, that's a really bad technical thing to happen. Yes. That's embarrassing to the show. And it was. And we had a conversation with some people afterwards. I'm sure you did. (laughs) (laughs) My first you had a few words. When they went to break, Rodney, I was like, I wonder if there's going to be a studio to come back to when they come back from break because Fred's going to tear somebody's head off. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We had a conversation. There were some other issues where we had multiple boxes on the screen, and at one point there was Petros talking and then Petros in a box talking. Now, was this new? I heard it was kind of a new well, setup or set, kind of upgraded or whatever. Yeah, but but the mechanics were, were the, the same. same. Okay. Anyway, so you hear this tone, and what did people think? They thought that we were actually censoring what he was saying. When this tone started, <laughs> they thought that someone had made a decision in the control booth to censor what he was saying. Some messy not- person. All right, and not allow it to go out on the air. I can tell you, because there were a number of people that thought that, no one tried to censor anybody. Maybe the only person getting censored is the guy that hit that tone. But no one tried to control (laughs) what it goes on a minute and nobody can find the source of it, where it came from, all of that. Rodney, I'm going to tell you what they said. I'm Uh going to go a little further. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So then we go to a break and they say, look, we know where the tone is coming from. Oh, good. Where is it? Petros' microphone. How could Petros' microphone be making a tone? So they decide they're going to have to switch microphones. They say, turn off your mic. He turns off his mic. We're back on the air. He has no microphone. We do a short segment. We go to break. Next up, the guy that's the stage guy that's moving all the furniture around and everything. He comes up. He goes, hey, dude. Here's another microphone. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. So he gives him the microphone. Like that? Yeah. Hey, dude. (laughs) He gives him the microphone, except Petros takes it, turns it on, but there's no microphone connected to it. It's just this box with no mic attached. And Petros goes, what should I do with this? And the guy says, hey, brother, maybe you should plug (laughs) that in. 
boom, we're back on again. Petros uh, has no microphone. Just like that, the guy saying it yeah. to Petros like that? Yeah, but he still has no microphone. We go to break. The next guy comes running out. He gives Petros a microphone. Petros says, okay, now what do I do? He goes, put that on. This takes a period of time. We come back from break, and this is what you hear on the air. Petro saying, check, check, check. We went back to break. And then we ended the show. It was not a conspiracy to silence or muffle anyone. It was just a very bizarre set of circumstances, the perfect storm, and I can tell you, and I can promise you this from the bottom of my heart, that is never going to happen again. Ever. Ever is that going to happen again. Never. Ever. Ever. Never is that ever. So are you saying this was definitely human error and not some, uh, you know, spontaneous technical glitch that that really um nobody could could uh, see or foresee coming and and they were able to fix so you know it wasn't that it was more of somebody was not on their game that particular night and not uh, handling what they needed to handle i'm not indicting anyone here today today i'm not pointing any fingers but you're you're I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm saying... You're saying this was a human mistake. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm not pointing any fingers. Well, in order for it to never happen again... In order for it to never happen again... Mm -hmm. The situation would have had to have been resolved by removing a person that was in charge of that. That if it wasn't a technical glitch that right. everybody acknowledged, hey, this was a technical problem and, and we had no control over it. I will just say this. What say e- it. Whatever it was, it ain't <laughs> never going to happen again. <laughs> Ever. Is that going to happen again? And we, we had a meeting afterwards. Uh, that ain't reading between the lines. That's reading between the hedges, Fred. <laughs> we had a meeting afterwards, and uh, that point was articulated. Okay. This ain't never yeah. going to happen again. But it's because people thought we were censoring what he was saying about USC, and we were not. And we will address that on the show this Sunday. But you were at that game Saturday, Rodney. Uh, I actually had somebody texting me during that game, basically laughing. And I didn't go to USC. This is somebody I work with and went to Stanford. Ah. Laughing. Yeah. You were there. Lay it out for us. Oh my goodness, Fred! Uh, God, I don't know where to be. You, you know, you 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 come off that win against San Jose State that wasn't great, right? USC, you know, you kind of maybe write it off to opening day. Haven't played in front of a crowd for a long time, and uh, just uh, the guys were over anxious to get going and get started. They won the game. That's the good thing. Uh, but some things they they weren't crisp. Uh, at. And, and and you say, okay, now they're going to get it going and playing a Stanford team. Okay, Stanford's coming in town. They just lost to Kansas State. Uh, everybody felt that it was, you know, going to be not a great year for Stanford. I don't think a whole lot of people were picking Stanford. And uh, 
So there was excitement. There was excitement. Not still not a, you know, a, a packed house, but it was you know a, a considerably larger crowd than it was at San Jose State game. You could feel that. Stanford um, was seventeen point underdogs. Yes, seventeen point underdogs. Very confident going into the game. It's nine eleven. Great tribute to, um, to that tragedy and the victims and the and the heroes in 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 twenty years ago in nine eleven. A lot of acknowledgement before the game of, of the connection with USC. They did an unbelievable tribute to uh, a wonderful tribute to Sam Bam Cunningham on the field, which was great. So it was the spirit of Troy was was in the air, Fred. And then the game started, and the game from start to finish really didn't feel like. what we wanted this year it, it felt like the same extension of the san jose state game which wasn't great it was lackluster offense you know looked mediocre and struggled at times and, and it was a continuation of that and then stanford kind of got it going and started running the ball down our throats and and they got ahead and had several big plays we couldn't stop them we couldn't get anything going on offense and as the game went on the rumblings and the rumblings and the bumblings and the and the unsettledness of how ugly it was was building and building and building and building and um man i i don't know how i i can't remember and there are there are a few of them i i do remember i should say that um, some of the frustrations in the crowd and how, how angry, I think, is the way people left the stadium. People left angry, angry about where we are as a football program. To lose like that at home to a team that just got beat by Kansas State, to a team that's 17-point underdog, it, it was it was ugly. I think he, you know, they do the interviews at halftime with the coach, he got booed during that interview uh, by the crowd. It uh, it was not it was not pretty. It was not pretty, Fred. Well, that just leads to the question that always comes up, even before they kick every year. What about Clay Helton and Rodney? I mean, you're always honest. A guy that played there, you know, and you you're not somebody that that calls for someone's job. You don't do that. This is not in your your nature and your makeup, but you are honest. After what you saw, and I said this after the first game, you know, you look up into the crowd, and if it's a decent crowd, that's one thing, but you expect a big crowd at USC. And if people are not showing up. Yeah, no matter who we're playing. Right. You expect it. Right. And if people are not showing up, and the ones that are are leaving unhappy, that's got to be it. I mean, that's got to be it. USC has to be good. They have to be good. There's no two ways about it. As a football program for the West Coast and the country, USC's got to be good. I mean, Oregon went yeah. in and won on Saturday. What a big game. Big, big, big win, not only for Oregon beating Ohio State, but for the Pac-12. And to your point, you know, giving the Pac-12 credit um, and, and and making people take notice was 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 really good and UCLA's went over LSU obviously people are now early in the season but it just got set back because like to your point it is vital for SC to be good and be in the conversation for the rest of the country to really really rise up about the Pac-12 at what point do you go we got to cut bait here at what point do you say that's it that's enough I mean after the game 
Uh, Bill Plasky wrote about it in the Times. All of a sudden, everyone is up in arms. This is the moment. Everybody in unison, this is it. There's got to be a change. Well, things aren't really that different than they've been the past couple of years, to be honest, to be fair. But for whatever reason, that was the one that everybody hit that red button in the center of their hand and said, eject, eject. Do they have to make a change? And if they do, would they even consider that during the season? Uh, Here's a couple answers to that. Because there are a couple questions that you just asked me, and, I, and you're right. I'm not a. I don't call for for guys, to, coaches to be fired. I, I I've been involved in it too long, and I know what goes into coaching. And family's been into coaching, still is. My brother's there, so I I get and 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 having just being a player, I understand how many hours, how how hard coaches work, and and it all you know, it's just like a quarterback. The the blame falls on the on the coaching staff if you, if you don't win and I get all that and that's the, that's the nature of the business. Um, but I've never been a proponent of firing somebody in the middle of the season, unless it's a, you know, an egregious act or it's just something that you, you have absolutely no choice um, because something not necessarily on the field, but also off the field that, that a coach is either losing and also lost the locker room or he's doing things that are just detrimental to the, to the, to the program. I, I'm not an advocate of firing somebody during the regular season because I don't think much really changes unless you've got that guy that's going to be the successor right there on the staff that you, okay, now we're going to give him a shot to take over and, and see if we can go with this guy long term. But when I look at the team, Fred, I, I just I, it's not going to make a difference to me. It's not going to make a difference. I, I, I looked at us in both these games and – We're not as talented as I think a lot of people think we are. We're just not. And, I mean, even breaking it down even to more detail, um, you know, Drake London is, is a fantastic receiver for USC. He's clutch. He can catch the ball in traffic. He's a big receiver, but he's not getting – he's not running by anybody. He's more of a possession guy. He can, he can catch in traffic, but he's not going to take the top off the coverage and I'm watching the game, and I'm watching it from in the stands, and there's there's not a whole lot of places for Keaton Slovis to go with the ball. There's not a whole lot of separation with receivers and routes, and and it just, I don't know if we get better. I don't know if we can be better, to be honest with you. I just think that there might be some false sense of how good this team is going into the season because – I don't see it. I, I I don't see it in these first two games. I don't see our talent level being where what I saw with Oregon in against Ohio State. I don't see it. Isn't that where the issue lies too when it comes to Clay Helton? Last year I think they had the seventieth ranked recruiting class, which was by far the worst USC has ever had. Like the cliche is always USC recruits itself. Yeah. It sure as hell didn't last year. No, it didn't. And and they're always going to get those, you know, one or two or three guys that stand out that are big name guys like, you know, Corey Foreman, who is, is the big time, you know, recruit yeah. freshman player now. Um, so they're always going to get there. But as a group, no, you're right, Kevin. They haven't been right there. They've lost out on a lot of guys. And, and it's not that you can 
you can no longer roll the helmet out or just show up in a in a in a USC polo and say, "Come on, sign the paper. Come on to USC and be a champion," uh, like they used to. It's 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 not that way anymore. And again, I I just I don't see us across the board going. Our guys better than all eleven guys on the other side. It may be a 50-50 toss up. And that's just I think that is the biggest frustration as again as a former player there and and some alums that that man, we're not better than we're not better than Stanford. We weren't much better than San Jose State. Um they're covering us like a blanket. They're running through our defense. They we can't run the football. And I think that part of it, and again with with the history and the thoughts of USC and then bringing in a, an offense like this with the air raid, it just is frustrating because you're not throwing it all over. A lot of guys are not running wide open. And then the immediate thought is, man, we need to go back to trying to run the football a little bit and be dominant that way. And we're not. Uh, when Mike Bone was brought in, uh, he was given the charge. You're in charge. So what do you think? And there are those that believe he was brought in to make that move with Clay Helton. But he didn't yeah. make the move with Clay Helton. And now we're sitting in the exact same position we were when he got here. Why didn't he make a move then, in your opinion? And why, after Saturday night, did everybody finally hit the button? Well, I, I think he, he he came in, and to your point, I think everybody expected that he was brought in to fire Clay Helton and, and just do an overhaul, kind of like the president did. Carol Fault, when she came in, she did a, you know, she did a one look over and go, okay, we're going to clean house a little bit in a lot of these departments. And she did and started to clean things up. And you thought Mike Bone was going to do the same thing with the football program. But I think for him, I think that was because it was kind of the obvious and popular thing to do is just, eventually fire Clay Helton, which a lot of people were calling for for the previous two or three years. They thought he was going to do that, and maybe on his mind it was a bolder move to keep him. Bolder move. I'm not going to just do what the public wants or alumni want, or I'm going to assess the situation and do what I want. Um, but this is different now. He, he's he's seen it up close and personal, and to your point, he's seen you know the, the lackluster crowds, and he's seen the, the – the grumblings and he's heard the grumbling. So he's seen it firsthand. It, it'll, it'll be, um, it'll be real interesting to see how it goes um, going forward. LA Sports. Okay. The Dodgers are exactly where they were, but what a magical moment for Max Scherzer yesterday. David Vasse will join us next. Don't forget every hour. We've got a four pack of Dodger tickets to give away to the game tomorrow night. Oh, that's right. It is a Monday, September 13th. Freddie, Roddy P. Fred Rogan. What a beautiful, sunny Southern California day. It's why we live here, Fred. You better believe it. Uh, One o'clock, Eric Dickerson jumps on. We're getting to football. And don't forget, we have a four-pack of Dodger tickets to give away every hour. And on the topic of the Dodgers. The home of the Dodgers. With an inside look at the Dodgers, this is the Vasse Report with David Vasse, brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. And we welcome David Vasse. Dave, good afternoon to you. 
Hey, happy Monday. What a great sports Sunday in Los Angeles yesterday. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and you know, I think with, with the NFL kicking off and everything that happened, we cannot, we cannot lose the fact, because I thought it was such a wonderful moment, that Max Scherzer recorded his 3,000th strikeout. Uh, what was it like for you being there? Well, Fred, that was just part of the story. You know, that's all we thought it was going to be about. But in the process of that great game by Max Scherzer, not only did he strike out Eric Hosmer in the fifth inning for that 3,000 strikeout to be just the 19th pitcher in baseball history to achieve that mark, but in the second inning, he retired the Padres in order with an immaculate inning. That's right. He struck out the order. Yes. Yes. Uh, he struck out the side in order, and it was an immaculate inning on nine pitches. So you had that, and then you had the 3,000 strikeout. And, oh, by the way, not sure if you caught this, Fred, but he had a perfect game going yep. into the eighth mm-hmm. inning yesterday. Yep. So it yep. was much more than him just getting his 3,000 strikeout. Yeah, Eric Hosmer, why? Why did he have yeah. to do that? And That's was my a, question. I know. Was Mr. A, Brown Ball actually put yeah. it in the air. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, little Texas leaguer. Um, Dave, so, so, you know, Max Scherzer obviously is doing some incredible things. He is, and I said it earlier as advertised, I think he might be better than advertised when you watch him up close, um, atmosphere wise, what he brings in and off the field. I mean, obviously we know he's a monster on the mound, but Dave, just in the clubhouse, the guys around him, what's your sense of, of, of his approach and how it's rubbed off on anybody else or, or just him and what guys think of him in the clubhouse? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's rubbed off on anybody else, but I could tell you that Walker Bueller has not left his side. Every time you see them shagging in the outfield, Bueller's right next to him. Every time they pan into the dugout when Bueller's not pitching, he's right next to Max Scherzer. So Bueller is picking up a lot of knowledge, I'm sure, just by having Scherzer on his side and gravitating towards him. But as far as his demeanor and you know, I had a great conversation with Max uh, two days in a row to start this week. And Friday, he was our pregame guest. And on Saturday, uh, we were just talking shop with Nomar Garcia Parra. That was, uh, I wish I had a microphone for that conversation between those two guys. It was baseball at a next level discussion with those two guys right there. And Max does everything with purpose. He doesn't even want to small talk with you. He wants to talk to you if you have something to say, if you have a question. He doesn't just want a small talk. So everything that I've learned about Max Scherzer is encapsulated by saying he does everything with a purpose. He takes batting practice with a purpose. He runs his sprints with a purpose. He has conversations with a purpose. And that reminds me of one other guy, and that is tonight's starting pitcher, Clayton Kershaw. So those two guys, there's a reason why they're the both both of them are the best pitchers of their generation. How the long same you, generation. How long do you think Kershaw goes tonight? Probably four innings, Fred. That's what everybody's been saying, Dave Roberts and him leading up to tonight. Uh, okay, Dave. So for the Dodgers, boy, just keeping pace is tough. They they swept the Padres. Rodney mentioned this earlier, uh, and I noticed it over the weekend. We were there Saturday. Uh, I saw you. You texted me. I did. <laughs> did you expect me to come down? No, not at all. Actually, I, actually, I didn't want you to come down. But they I don't know let that. me in those seats. I don't get into that section. Yeah, if I didn't text you, you'd have been mad at me. Uh, but the thing about it is, and we were sitting right behind the Padre dugout. Uh, I saw you. You, you know, didn't have to say that, Fred. Okay, but my that was a is, humble brag. No, my point is, as Rodney pointed out, their body language 
they they just look defeated. Yeah, it's not the same energy, Fred. Maybe you could tell us, sitting behind the Padre dugout, what you felt. Was it as flat as it looks like from the cheap seats? It was pretty flat. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and, and that's how I felt in San Diego, especially in their home ballpark. They would have a lot more energy coming out of that dugout. But look where they are. They had expectations of dethroning the Dodgers, and they're 15 games out of first place. I know they're going for the second wild card spot, but for a team that had championship aspirations, uh, at least to win the division, and you're 15 games out, how can you say this is a good year for you? It's not a good year in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and then on top of that, you're chasing the Dodgers. Meanwhile, the team up north seemed to put it all together and has outplayed you all season long. That's got to doubly add insult to injury. It's embarrassing. You talk about the Packers' performance. How about the Padres' performance all season long? It's been embarrassing. So, yeah, I don't hear much of anybody down in San Diego saying saying too much these days, considering how much they were chirping after May. Uh, You don't win championships in May, and that's why you never saw the Dodgers try to respond to some of the taunting going on from the Padres when they were beating them early in the season. It's a long year, and the Padres still have a lot of learning to understand, A, how to win, and A, how to get through a long season. All right, uh, let's talk about Cody Bellinger got a hit. And then after, I mean, he got a hit, and it looked like uh, the bench game was standing ovation. They were so thrilled for him. Even Will Smith applauded from third base. Right. (laughs) And then, so so I thought that was kind of embarrassing. You finally hit the ball, now we're all going to lose our mind because you hit one. But then it was, well, you know, he's made some adjustments. He's made some adjustments. It was September 11th. Mm -hmm. I mean, where are those adjustments before then? And how real are they? That's a fair question, Fred, but I could tell you this, and Rodney can explain this a little bit better since he was an athlete at a very high professional level. When you win and you succeed and you do that for your entire life, there's a great big leap of faith to all of a sudden change everything that you have done to get you to the major leagues, to help you win Rookie of the Year, to help you win MVP, Silver Slugger, all that. Now, all of a sudden, you're telling me to change or I have to change in August? Uh, there, There is that mental side of it. There's that professional pride, maybe too much ego that prevented Cody from making these changes before September 11th. But this isn't a video game, Fred. These are real people that get to this level because of their ego to a certain extent. So good for Cody for finally being humbled enough to make that change. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, it's often said it becomes a cliche when people say, oh, just, you know, remember what got you here. Remember what got you here. And guys fall back on that. And, and Hey, Rodney, point. he's taking a look in the mirror, man. He's taking yeah. a look at the man in the mirror, and he's looking to make some changes his way. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Ooh. Mike. Mike Jack, I like that. Um, well, you know, he's playing and still playing, um, obviously, with some, some injuries. A.J. Pollock, how is he doing? And when he comes back, we're going to see less and less of, uh, of Cody. I know he's a left-handed bat, but we see less of him. And, and how, first of all, how is A.J. doing? Well, I would say A.J.'s uh, groin is doing a lot better than his fantasy team from what I'm gathering <laughs> from his teammates. He's throwing, he's hitting, um, so we'll see where he's at. I don't believe he'll be back 
any time before the last week of the season. Chris Taylor, you know, uh, uh, Dave Roberts said it wasn't an injured list situation uh, three nights ago. Well, if he says that, then you know that it's a real possibility that he's going on the IL because he hasn't played since. So we'll see where he's at. And the one thing I, I should let you know about Chris Taylor, he's one of the toughest players on the team. He'll play through a lot of pain. So yeah. With him uh, not being available the last couple of days, you know how severe that neck pain is. Uh, all right, Dave. I, it, it's amazing to me. Of course, the, the Giants did have that a That USC a, lost again, or what? Is oh, no, Clay well, Hilton still employed? Again. What, just the first loss, Dave. Just one game. He and just Aaron won. Rogers how many did. more do you expect, as Rodney? Aaron Rodgers said on, on Sunday night, it's just one game. Rodney, how many more USC football losses do you expect this year? Oh, boy, Dave. Boy. Six? Seven? Oh. Not that many, Dave. That many. <laughs> more than I more than I would like, though, Dave. I would tell you. I guess on behalf of everybody in Westwood, uh, please keep Clay Helton. <laughs> hey, don't get cocky, Dave. You know, Chip <laughs> Kelly finally started to do yeah. something. Uh, final question, Dave. Yes. So the Dodgers do sweep the Padres. That's great. I mean, and, and the Giants were fortunate enough to beat up on a bad team. Now the Padres get the Giants. Uh, they're still fighting for the wild card. This might be do or die for them right now. You know what I mean? They, yeah, this is the beginning of 10 games against the, the Giants for the San Diego Padres. So it's interesting. If uh, the Reds and Cardinals actually do some winning, which they have not been doing uh, as far as winning series lately, this could knock the Padres out of the wild card spot or it could knock the Giants out of first place. Either way, this may determine whether or not the Dodgers even see the Padres in the postseason because if they're out of the wild card spot, uh, obviously the Dodgers won't play them. And if the Padres beat the Giants the majority of these 10 games, then the Dodgers will be sitting pretty atop of the National League Western Division. So they would only see San Diego in that type of scenario if uh, the Padres were able to get through the wild card game. So these games between the Giants and Padres, 10 games between now and the end of the season, are going to determine a lot as far as the playoff picture in the National League. No doubt, no doubt. Dave, before we let you go, I want to get your take on, on what happened in New York in the Subway Series, man. What did you think of uh, Lindor and Stanton and the benches clearing and all that going on uh, in, in New York? I loved it. I loved it. I it did was too. A I knew you were going to say that, Dave. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it. Rodney, I love it. Let the players play. Let the competition yeah. on the field decide it. Let them yeah. settle any beef they have with whistling, trying to relay yeah. signs. Yeah. By the way, I mean, that's been that's a very prevalent thing in baseball these days. Runners at second base finding ways to relay signs to hitters. And by the way, it's not been going on just recently. It's been going on for a oh, yeah. hundred years. Absolutely. It's not something new. So I was very yeah. good at it, Dave, by the way. Yeah. Were you good? Were you good I at running? I was good at when I you know, at second base relaying and, and picking signs from second base. I, I you know, because that's that's within the confines of the game. Oh, Dave, yeah. Dave, so I was I was good at it. But I'd yeah. love to watch a game with you, Rodney, to see yeah. if you could still pick it off today. Come on, man. Come on. Rick Monday was picking off Will Smith's signs when they were in San Francisco, so if he could find them all the way from Ooh. L.A., uh, I'm sure people wow. in San Francisco saw it too. Mm, interesting. No, I loved it. I just wanted to get your take on it because I love the back and forth, the beef, you know, the home run, talking smack, and just it's such a – a refreshing feeling and scene 
compared to the old stuffy, uh, let's not do anything uh, rash in baseball. It's a young man's game now. <laughs> hey, I think that's part of the game. Make your yeah. signs better. Uh, hide them a little bit better. That's on you as a pitcher and catcher to uh, figure it out a little bit better if you don't want signs being stolen. All right. Well, Dave, thank you oh, for helping okay, us Fred. figure it out. We appreciate don't, that. No problem, Fred. And I, I caught the challenge last night. And, uh, you know, the, the dynamic between you and Petros is he, he's kind of like a, a son you would never want. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it all went well, Dave, except for this. <laughs> that was a bit of an issue. Aside from that, it went okay. Okay, it's the first week, Fred, like Aaron Rodgers said. That's right, just one. We'll be better <laughs> next week. Uh, all right, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it as always. Great talking to you guys. Got the four-pack of Dodger tickets to give away. Here's how we're going to do it this hour. We're going to play Know Your Squad. This squad is the Lakers. Oh, yeah. So whoever jumps on and plays Know Your Squad, you're getting that four-pack of Dodger tickets. 866-987-2570. You call, Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air, and you're doing it next. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. Oh, you know I like it. Very good on a Monday. Today's Afternoon Delight. Is Lala Unlocked by Alicia Keys. The multi-time... Grammy winner teamed up with race member Sway Lee on this track, which dropped over the weekend. Lala helped set the stage for the 20th anniversary of her iconic debut album, Songs in a Minor Key, which featured her hit singles, Fallen and A Woman's Work. Lala also comes after Key secured her eighth number one R&B album with 2020's self-titled project. Again, today's afternoon delight is La La Unlocked by Alicia Keys and Sway Lee. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Know your squad. Hey, join Petros and Money live this Saturday at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa for a broadcast starting at 3 and pregame Dodger show with Tim Kings. And... Be one of the first 50 to sign up to attend and get a pair of tickets to an upcoming Dodgers game. Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Details at am570lasports.com. Steven in Anaheim, you ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, it's know your Lakers, know your squad. That means don't answer until I give you all five choices. If you answer too soon, you'll be locked out, okay? Uh, before we all start, right. Fred, um, you said PMS's remote is this Saturday at Morongo. It's Wednesday. What did I say? Saturday. Oh, Fred. Freddie, what are I, you I, doing? I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with going to Morongo on Saturday. That's phenomenal. and do it. But don't go on Saturday expecting to see Petrus and Matt because they will not be there. Right. Go Wednesday for Petrus and Matt. If you want to see them. Yes. But otherwise, go Saturday. Otherwise, go whenever you like. They have a very nice buffet. They're great. Absolutely. Yeah. But for PMS, Wednesday. Just wanted to clarify that before we kept moving on. Can they just stay out there all week? You stay as long as you want. No, I mean PMS. They could, theoretically, but I doubt they will. Okay. So if you want to see them go Wednesday, if not, go Saturday. Either way. What in the world, Fred? Good times. Uh, all right, Steven. So you know how to play. Don't answer too soon. Ronnie, you ready? <sighs> Happy Monday, Rogan and Rodney. Fred, I like your new glasses. Well, you want to know something? What? Rick got new glasses? <laughs> no. 
Those are Rochelle's? No. You picked those up from CVS. No. I I got glasses, right? And I lost them. So then I had to pick these back up again. And these are the ones that some think are women's glasses. So I have to order new glasses. Fred, I've never seen those on you before. I've worn them. They don't look like women, women's glasses to me. They kind of do. But, I mean, they can go either way. But you know what? I'm in touch with my feminine side, so it's fine. Kind of like you, Fred. Yeah, he, him. So he can go either way. Yeah. Ronnie, open the... Uh... <laughs> open the replay. <laughs> okay, yeah. here we go. Good luck to all. Which of these players holds the record for highest three-point field goal percentage in a single season at 44%? Anthony Peeler, Vladimir Rodmanovich, Steve Blake, Sasha Vujicic, or Sasha Baron Cohen? Sasha Vujicic. Sasha Vujicic. Anthony Peeler. No, Steve Blake. Steve Blake. No, no good. Steve Blake. And it is no good. I don't even know who the other one is. Peeler. Steve Peeler. Anthony Peeler. How about I you? The there are two more. Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. No good. There no. is one more. Peeler. No, you stop saying Peeler. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> it is not Peeler, Stephen. <laughs> you know, if this was who this, maybe you would give a clue. I injured myself while skiing and tried to lie about Vladimir it. Vladimir Radmanovich. There you go. There it is. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. He got injured. He said he was walking down the street with his hands in his pockets, and he slipped and fell. And then he felt guilty about it and told the team, no, nah, I was actually skiing, and I got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Better he wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Uh, Lakers lost to the Pistons in five games in the 2004 NBA Finals. Shaq and Kobe led the Lakers in scoring with an average of 26 and 22 per game, respectively. Who was the Lakers' third-leading scorer in that series with an average of six points per game? Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Derek Fisher... Devin George or Wally George? Gary Payton. Devin George. How about Gary Payton? You? No, senor! Carl Malone. Carl Malone. No good! Oh, Ronnie. Derek Fisher. All right. Ronnie jumping out to a quick lead here. Let's go. Who holds the single season record for most steals per game with an average of 3.4? Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Norm Nixon, Eddie Jones, or Rashida Jones? Kobe Eddie Bryant. Jones. And it is no Eddie good. Jones. Michael Cooper. How about Kobe Bryant. Johnson. Johnson. Ronnie. Rodney. Rodney. Oh, man. Rodney got it. Magic. Yep. Next question. Lakers missed the playoffs in 2005 after Shaq was traded to Miami. Kobe Bryant, the leading scorer that season with an average of 27 a game. Who was their second leading scorer that year? Lamar Odom, Chucky Atkins, Chris Mim, Karan Butler, or Gerard Butler? Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. Odom. Ronnie. Rodney, did you say somebody muffin? <laughs> Who is the muffin man? Jackie Mims. <laughs> I thought he said muffin. Do you know the muffin man, Rodney? Oh, I know the muffin man. Do you know the muffin I man? I do know the muffin man. Okay. Do you know the muffin man? Oh, I don't think I've been acquainted with the muffin man. Oh, okay. The same muffin man you've met. Yes, I know the muffin man. Magic Johnson is the Lakers' career leader in assists with 10,141. Who is second in team history in assists with 6,306? Norm Nixon, Kobe Bryant, Jerry West, Gail Goodrich, or B.F. Goodrich? Jerry West. Norm Nixon. Kobe Kobe Bryant. Stevens got it first. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Steven on the board. Ruins Ronnie's perfect game. No, I did. 
Wham. <laughs> yeah, the last one. Boy, thanks, Steven. No, you didn't get Fred Lamar Odom. Keeping score. Ronnie got Lamar Odom. Yeah, but I got one, Fred. He did get one, Fred. Oh, yeah, you did. That's right. All right, so you didn't ruin anything, Steven. But you got no. one, so that's good. No. Fred still traumatized him last night. I've, oh, my please. goodness. Last question. Who was the Lakers' leading scorer in Mike D'Antoni's only full season as Laker coach, 2013-14? Paul Gasol, Nick Young, Jody Meeks, Jordan Hill, or Jordan Sparks? Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol. Rodney, Nick Young. Oh. Well, that's it. Okay, so the way he finishes, Ronnie wins today. Way to go, Ronnie. Thank you, Brad. Ronnie. Uh, Starting off the week the right way. You finish second, Rodney. I don't care about that. No. No. You're not taking that trophy? No. You're not taking that medal? No, you take your trophy and stick it up your stinking... Okay. But, Stephen, you got one. <laughs> and on top of that, you've just won a four-pack of tickets to see the Dodgers take on the Diamondbacks at Dodger Stadium tomorrow night. Keep listening all day all today. Right. And to Dodger Talk tonight after the game with David Vassay. You'll have a chance to win tickets to tomorrow night's game. Brought to you in part by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Steven, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, too.